This podcast contains sensitive content, which some may find disturbing. Information shared here should not be construed as medical advice. If you or someone you love needs help with trauma, chronic pain, or anything else we discuss here, please seek out a medical professional. All resources shared are for entertainment purposes only. All content represents the opinions of Kim and Anna and any special guests and do not necessarily reflect the positions of any organizations they work for. This is not ideal, but we're going with it. A mother-daughter podcast about chronic pain, trauma, mental illness, and more. Kim is a trauma therapist and certified addiction counselor who lives in Pennsylvania, USA. And her daughter, Anna, is a scoliosis sufferer and trauma survivor living in the tropical north of Australia. Join us each week as they discuss topics from their life experiences. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome. This is Not Ideal, but we're going with it, the podcast. I'm Kim and I'm the mom. (laughs) And I'm Anna. I'm the daughter. And guess what? We just finished Googling in preparation for this episode. (laughs) All our our great research and and, uh, hours and hours of preparing for our talks. Yeah, we do our due diligence here on Not Ideal. And we... (laughs) In prep for this episode, you probably should have done it before last episode... I can currently see in my Google search bar, is Bali a country or something else, a part of Indonesia? Yes. And, and the what answer did you discover, is, great one? I discovered that Bali is a province of Indonesia and Indonesia is the, is technically the country. But here's my, my issue. Search bar, what continent is Indonesia in? Because it's got to be, well, on a, I thought Indonesia was the continent. It's an island. Okay, that doesn't help. Australia is an in island my, and also a continent. <laughs> In my Google search, which is the sentence I've been trying to start for the last 17 seconds. Oh, um, tables have turned. I, oh, how the tables I, have tabled. <laughs> <laughs> because I could hear you not sure what was happening, what this really meant. My Google search says, what does it mean that Bali is a province? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those are my questions. We're, we're a team. We are a good team. I Google what yes. is Bali and you Google what is a province. <laughs> That's right. And now we we don't know a lot more than uh, before our great (laughs) research, but we know enough to know it's a province of Indonesia. Anyway, we're back. Yeah. Now, well, she's back. I never went anywhere. I am home from and I survived. I'm home from the island slash province slash apparently part of a country that doesn't have a continent. If anybody knows, if any of our listeners are more geographically inclined than we are. Wait, are you asking what continent what continent is Indonesia a part of? Yeah. It's Asia, right? <laughs> Google that quick. <laughs> Google it. I'm what? Sure. Can, can our listeners yeah. hear my keyboard? Yes, sure. What continent is Indonesia in? Oh my word, it's the most searched. If you type in what continent, it's the most Oh. Okay. Is Indonesia a part of Oceania or Asia? Although Indonesia is considered considered, is there no definite answer? Although Indonesia is considered to be mainly situated within the continent of Asia, some of its territories are located within the continent of Oceania, making it Ah. a transcontinental country. No wonder we didn't know. But now we do. And our listeners do as well. I feel pretty okay about not knowing that. Yes. (laughs) I gotta be honest with you. Although I will say, I think that Bali is likely in Oceania because it's beneath, it's, I think it's the far south part of Indonesia because I think Jakarta is in the north, which is the capital. 
but Bali is actually quite far south. Well, I stopped caring about two seconds ago, but I, I am glad you're back. That is one thing no, I'm thanks. glad about. <laughs> I made it home. Yeah, heaven, for heaven's sakes, if I'd gotten lost there, you would have never found me. You wouldn't have known whether I go to Asia, Oceania. <laughs> I'd have been lost forever. I definitely would not have been relying on my geographic skills. Um, that would have had to be your dad Luckily, finding, dad, finding dad our probably way. would have come in clutch. Yeah. <laughs> Although definitely he would have cracked out. He would have brought out like the, the one of those uh, atlases that he has in the basement. There, there would have been no Googling going on whatsoever. Anyways, I'm glad I didn't get lost. When he found out you were going to Bali, that was like, oh, I'm going to get my map out and look <laughs> at where she's going to be. Anyways, yes, I'm home. And the important part is that I am home. And here's the thing. I am so glad that I went because I did not let my anxiety or more specifically my health and my back. <laughs> I thought you were going to say mom's anxiety. Well, that, that, that too, in a big way. <laughs> I did not let those things dictate the choices that I make in my life. And I am very proud of that. And I also wanted to give a shout out to my scuba diving. Not She wasn't technically my instructor, but she was one of the instructors that I met and drove up to Toulon Bend with to, when we um, I scuba dove, scuba dived. <laughs> Google. Oh, um, man. Wait, before you talk more about scuba diving, can I just say something that really surprised me is that you did not tell me you were going scuba diving until after you were already back safe. And I can I tell you, I really appreciated that. I, I was very, very I glad about that. I did tell you that we were going scuba diving. You did? I did tell you. No. Yeah. Where? I did. When? I did. In Why? one of the messages. You never did. I, I yeah. would have. Oh, I would word. have. Okay, you know what? We'll find out on Judgment Day. We yeah. will find <laughs> out on Judgment Day. <laughs> we're not going to go through Messenger on Judgment Day. I hope. <laughs> that would be terrible. No, but everything will be recounted. And can I tell you? There have been so many times when people have been like, what? I didn't say that. And I'll be like, oh, my word, you did. And like, I would literally sacrifice my life to prove that you said that. Oh, I was that sure that, that you talk said like that. that. Listen, there's no way. There's no way. You might have told some other person in a momish role in your life that you're going scuba diving, but it was not this mom because I or, would have. Alternate theory. I told you and you forgot. <laughs> Which is false. equally as likely. False. Okay. It, it don't did not happen. Out. You're false with a T. I didn't there say is no false. T. I didn't say false. I said false. Oh, I said it the right way. It That is false because when I found out, even when I found out you had scuba dove whatever and made it home <laughs> safe, I still almost collapsed into a heap. So anyway, I'm- I but told I you was, that we were going scuba diving no. when I booked it you said for snorkeling. my friend and I. You said snorkeling. Snorkeling okay. is a whole I different did not, world okay. than scuba diving. I did not say snorkeling is, because we were never planning on snorkeling in, in snorkel. Indonesia because I had, I've had i already snorkeled on the Great Barrier Reef, so why would I want to do it again when I could scuba dive? That's how you sold it to me. In you a said, country. I'm going to snorkel. scuba diving is cheap. And I already know how to snorkel. Oh, so I did tell you. Snorkel. Why would I have had to sell snorkeling to you? Your story is crumbling you were, and I told you. No, because I was saying, well, you know, how, how are you going to know if you're going to get good people to take you out into a boat and all that. And you're like, mom, I know what I'm doing. I've snorkeled before. And so I'm thinking snorkeling is sort of like where you sort of pitter patter with your arms and legs and go under yeah, the water. Snorkeling is bit. a different thing. Yes. Mm -hmm. And scuba diving, on the other hand, is going into the depths of the sea. I think what happened was that I said, I'm going scuba diving and you started to have a panic attack. And I said, don't worry. I've snorkeled before. No. So I know what. Wait, wait, maybe that's true. 
That that makes sense yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then suddenly it all comes back full circle. You, uh-huh. but, you said, don't worry, I've snorkeled before. Yeah, I've snorkeled before because you were freaking out about sea urchins, thinking something was going to happen with a sea urchin. No. And I said, sea urchins are on the sea floor, and I've snorkeled before, and you don't even touch them. And you're like, oh, okay, great. And so then what I think happened is, okay, you know, our audience is no longer interested. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, I started this as complimentary to you that I was thankful that you didn't tell me, or I guess guess you did now, but in any event, I didn't know until after you were home safe. So that was nice. I appreciated that. And you had a good experience. You said you met someone that was nice and they were encouraging. I did. Her name is Helen. Huge shout out to Helen because she was just a lovely person. All the times that I've been traveling, I meet the most wonderful people. And Helen, I think, really takes the cake. She is fantastic. We had so many great chats. And I just want to give her a shout out because I gave her our business card. For those of you who don't realize, we are full blown into (laughs) self-promotion and have made our own business cards. And we hand them out to everyone we know or don't know, like on the bus and things like that. And I gave Helen a business card. That says, not a deal, but we're going with it. Kim Winters and Anna Fisher, podcasters, a podcast about da 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 da. And so I'm trusting she's listening to this because she's also one of my Facebook friends now. So, Helen, you better be listening. Hopefully, we can tag you in the post that we. Hello, Helen. It's nice to meet you. I'm glad you took good care of my daughter. Thank you. I hope you're staying safe. She's great. (laughs) It sounds like a very adventurous life you have. She's from England, and I think she's actually lived in Bali. She went there to get her dive master, she said, and she's lived there for a couple of years now. Oh and she had so many interesting things to say about the dating scene of Bali, oh. which was a very... In- <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, right, way, to, way to be subtle, Mom. Well, she, I'm just... It's just a very interesting conversation to have on our I, I don't know. Dive site. It seems like in any country, the dating scene is a pretty dismal area to be parading around in. I don't know. That's just my take on it, but maybe that's well, not it was actually, Helen's take. Was, she had some super... What? I said, maybe that's not Helen's take. Oh, no. It, no, pretty pretty similar. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> she actually had some very interesting things to say because she said that the people who are in Bali, like the Westerners who are in Bali, are there because they're there to escape from whatever westernized country they come from. And so people who are there are kind of in a sort of, they've placed a moratorium on their life for while they're there. They're escaping, they're getting, you know, travel out of their system, or they're just kind of getting away from their life. And so when you try to date in Bali as a stable person, <laughs> like Helen is, you a lot of times run into people who are not so stable. So I think the day that we were with her, the <laughs> evening prior, she had been on a date and she was telling us all about it. And it just sounded absolutely terrible. And so that's how she and I (laughs) became friends. And she's just fantastic. So huge shout out to Helen. Great. Second of all, I want to mention something. It looked like it was really hot. Was it was it super hot? Uh, No, we were just sweating all the time because we were were doing a lot of activity. But it was actually a very comfortable temperature. It was probably around like wouldn't get above 85 probably most of the days. But that was actually the first thing you mentioned as being something that was wonderful, I guess, right? Since you'd been... Oh, yeah, because it was warm. Because it was very warm. Well, it's winter in Victoria. Well, it's spring, I guess. But I've been stuck in like wet, rainy winter in Victoria, which is fine. Winter, I don't have a problem with winter, but... Australia doesn't really get cold enough to have an actual winter. It just gets cold enough to have it be wet and cold. Oh. But there's no snow. 
and there's no Christmas to get you through because it's, <laughs> you know, June, July, August. And huh. so it's just like the dreariest Ew. time of the year. Yeah. And everything is dark. It rains like at least six days out of the week. Not my favorite. Anyways, yeah. And then going to Bali, it was very sunny and was a drastic change to suddenly more like the temperatures I was used to in Townsville, which was nice. But it wasn't like Townsville summer. What's the coldest that it's gotten in Victoria so far? I think it got down to like 40 maybe 50, between 40 and 50 Okay, in the middle of the night. In the so middle. it doesn't get like below freezing? No, not, right. not in my experience thus far. Anyway, so moving right along from that riveting conversation, I, not that you aren't interesting, I love when you ask questions, but I, I did just want to say about scuba diving is that the gear that they put on you during scuba diving is extremely heavy. It would have, I think it was like 25 kilos and then plus a wading belt, like to let you uh, sink down to the ocean floor of like six or seven kilos. And so all total, that's like somewhere around 70 pounds, like maybe 68 pounds or so. And that was more I had held, more than I'd held on my back since I was probably like 12 backpacking with my dad in the mountains of the Adirondacks. And when I first put that on, I was like, holy cow, I'm not going to be able to take a single step in this. My back muscles are definitely not equipped for this kind of struggle but I did it and I was so proud of myself that is something I would have thought of if I knew you were going to be going scuba diving because I know how heavy all that is and I would have been worried about your back how would you possibly have known how heavy all of that is because I've seen it on tv oh you can see weight on tv is that right also how since when is tv tv Since when is that the way you pronounce TV? I just decided TV. To. I saw it on the TV. <laughs> I saw it on the telly. That's how you say it, right? <laughs> anyway. I saw it on the television. Do not let our anxiety. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, you're so funny. You should be a stand-up comedian. I am. Oh, wait. Not really. She is, everybody. Not quite. I'm more of a... Okay. I'm more of a crouched-up comedian. I'm not quite up to the standing tall <laughs> part, but... <laughs> Oh my gosh, whatever. Anyway, so I went to Bali. I didn't let my anxiety nor my medical issues. Nor your mother. Control my life. Exactly. And I'm very proud of myself. I did the entire trip with absolutely no painkillers, which is shocking. Uh, And my back held up the entire time. And I was so thrilled and so thankful. And you enjoyed the culture. Oh, I did. I love the culture. Very. Oh, actually, do you want to ask me what the most surprising thing about my trip was? What was the most surprising thing about your trip? (laughs) I don't really want to know, but <laughs> please tell us. Is it going to be scary? No, it's a good thing. Okay. Nothing scary happened to me. Oh, although there was this one. No, don't tell there me. Was, I had an don't, experience don't with it. these wild baby monkeys. Were just, they're so sweet. But then there was one adult monkey that brushed past me, and it thought that I'd like grabbed him, but really he bumped me as he walked by. <laughs> and then he tried to attack me and, and bite me. And Yikes. so then, like, like, I was always taught in dog, because we've had dogs, in dog training to never like flinch away from an aggressive animal. Like you've got to also be aggressive. So then it was like baring its teeth and trying to jump upwards at my face. Like it wasn't even running towards my body. It was like trying to catapult itself up onto me. Mm. And so I like shoved my face back in there and I was like, no, like that, like you do not do that. Mm -hmm. And it jumped and in midair, I had to grab its body and fling it backwards Mm. in back into the woods Wow, because I didn't get my rabies vaccination and I was not about to go to a Balinese hospital (laughs) to get rabies shots. Thanks for not telling me that until now. You're welcome. You did have some cute cuddly monkeys jump into your arms. Is that the most surprising thing? Yes. Oh, no, that wasn't. Oh, good. 
Uh, my, the most surprising thing that I realized while in Bali was something that Helen brought to mind, which was that the people of Bali are actually very kind and trustworthy and gentle and just sweet. Whereas in the media, I think oftentimes people from countries that sometimes have those high profile stories of like people being arrested unfairly or imprisoned, or, you know, they've had stuff planted on them. What was that show that was the main cause of our anxiety before my trip? Um, Broke Down Down Palace. Palace. Is that what it was called? Mm -hmm. But I don't know if that was Bali. Was it Bali? I think it was, but whether or not it was, stories like that often come out about Bali or similar areas of Mm -hmm. the world. And so I was kind of prepped to think, you know, and, and also there's so much about like, you know, never travel with your backpack on your back, always have it in front of you, you know, because everybody's going to be trying to steal your money. Everybody's going to be trying to rip you off. You know, everybody's going to be stealing things and trying to forge your passport and take your credit card information. And, that, and that's just what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, and I think one of the most surprising things was that I was expecting to encounter that kind of culture of like a fear culture almost of like the tourists experiencing a bit of fear of the native culture. But that is not at all how it was. It was very, I think, well blended. I went in, I felt very much like I didn't, I mean, obviously I didn't speak the language. So in that way, I felt like an outsider. But because I went into the country with a very much open-minded and open-hearted mindset and heart set, I was very much, you know, this is a very different culture than what I'm used to, but my culture is not better in any way. It's just different. And so like, there was no moment for me that I was like, oh, this is disgusting. Or like, oh my gosh, you know, that's so gross. Because obviously there are some differences in that country to this country or any of the westernized countries, first world countries. Anyways, and I think that because I didn't go into this trip with that idea of like, oh, this is so gross. And I actually met two Americans while I was there. I was swimming in the hot spring in a volcano, not in a volcano, but like at the pools at the base of a volcano. And I came out of the hot spring and two Americans were there. They were both from Hawaii. And they're like, is the water clean? And I was like, "Uh, I don't know. I I don't care. Probably. (laughs) Exactly. I was like, "Uh, like how clean? Like it's obviously fresh water. It's not like chlorinated. It's just fresh water. It's a spring. It's not a pool. You know, like you're not in a five-star resort right now. And the one girl goes, great, like that. And I'm like, well, are you like up to date on your vaccinations? And they both go, no. And then I thought for a minute about what the States is like. And then I said, well, do you have health insurance in the States? And they're both like, no. And I'm like, "Uh, (laughs) that's right. I forgot about the state of the economy in the U.S. (laughs) I was like, okay, well, you'll probably be fine. And the one girl's like, yeah, see, we'll probably be fine. And the other girl's like, oh, my word. (laughs) That's just well, so just encouraging. Keep your mouth closed, maybe. I mean, I, you know, what, what were they worried <laughs> yeah, about? Yeah, like, don't go drinking the water, girlfriend. <laughs> but one girl had also fallen off. They'd rented a moped like many Westerners do when they go to Bali. And the one girl had fallen off of it. So her whole thigh and, and shin and hip were scathed. And she's like, will this be okay? And I'm like, I mean, maybe not for the other swimmers. Like, oh, yikes. Wow. Keep that out of the water, please. But then I was already out of the pool, so I was kind of like, do what you want. You know, I'm <laughs> whatever you do isn't going to harm me, so I don't really know. Did you speak with a German accent the entire time like I told you to so that people couldn't peg you as an American? <laughs> no, but I did speak with an Australian accent oh, the whole time. That's good. Let's and hear And so it. then my friend who's a New Zealander, 
we went as an Australian and a New Zealander and everybody was way more welcoming because I even saw those two Americans got weird looks from not just the people who are running that area. Like they had a little, a couple little bars nearby the pools and there was a little massage area. Mm-hmm. I do want to hear, I want to hear how you talked with your Australian accent while you're over there. Oh no, I can't do it on the spot. Yes, oh, you don't can. make me do it on the do spot. Do it on the spot. Oh, don't make me. What's that? What's that from? Oh, Duckbill Platypus. No, don't make me do Duckbill Platypus. Come on. Duckbill Platypus. One time. Come on. One just time. Do it for me. Just one time. Du- just do Duckbill once. Just once. What's that from? Do it. Uh, Runaway Bride. What's that from? Runaway Bride. Is it? I thought it was from my best friend's wedding. No, I think it's run. I think it's Runaway Bride. We've we've had one of those before, Rose. and I think before we decided it was my best friend's wedding. But I'm pretty sure it's Runaway Bride. But anyway, go ahead um, and say something in your Australian accent. What? Well, give me a sentence to say because otherwise, well, what was stuff I you had to say? You had to say like, how do I get a taxi, right? Or like, how much is no? We had dinner? a personal driver the whole time. Well, you had to figure out how to get <laughs> how much. <is> this <laughs> oh my word! That was actually one of the. <laughs> That was one of the most difficult things about that area as well, is that the the currency is so in such high amounts that one one US dollar is fifteen thousand six hundred, I think. Oh, uh, a math nightmare. I could never I could never visit there. It was a math nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Well, you would never visit there anyway, but <laughs> with your anxiety. But now I definitely won't broke down because I can't I can't calculate above a thousand. So <laughs> All right. So how would you say, Anyways, how oh, much does this cost with an Australian accent? How much does this cost? Oh my goodness. That's good. How about, um, where's my driver? It's pretty, pretty quick. Where's my driver? Why isn't he here? Where's my driver? Why isn't he here? Why, didn't you have to tell some people where your driver was? Well, our driver's name was Jack. Your driver's name was Jack? Yeah. We didn't actually, we didn't, we never had to tell people where. Oh, you mean when he was smoking? Oh, yeah. He took a, a very long smoke break. And at one point, the people, the other people at the place we were at were like, where's your driver? And I was like, oh, he's, but there was a very thick language barrier. So they did like a car driving motion. And then like, where? <laughs> like a question, like hands in the air, where is your driver? And I did like the two fingers to the mouth and then like a charade blow <laughs> to, to show that he was smoking. And then I pointed to like a vague area to my right. And the one guy goes, weed? <laughs> Great. And I'm like, no, I think nicotine. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not sure. Oh my. So anyway, we got through it. And we were also going to mention that our last podcast, we got a lot of feedback about anxiety and how some of what we shared, those of us who suffer with anxiety, um, some people were really helped by that conversation. So we thought we would share with the little bit of time we have left other things that we do when we feel anxious, which even though you were very brave, Anna, and you got through all of this, I'm sure you had to use some of your strategies while you were away. Did you? Um, Actually, I, I didn't. Really? Well, here's the thing. I think my brain doesn't work quite the same as a normal female brain works because I, you even in your comedy routines have talked about how men have an off switch in their brain and women do not have an off switch. And my brain does definitely have an off switch. So I've, I've, I've been able for a long time to switch off my anxiety if I decide that it's just going to annoy me. And so for the entirety of the trip, I prepped mentally. And once I got onto the plane, I said, I'm not going to think about, about my health. I'm not going to think about my schoolwork. I'm not going to think about you know my whole life in Australia for exactly whatever, eight, nine days, however long we were there. 
and it worked. So the entire time I was there, I was actually very much laid back. But you know, that off switch has not always served me well because you know, one one of the other times I used the off switch was when I was sitting in the tree and Aaron was like, jump out. And I was like, I'm going to hurt myself if I do. And he's like, well, then don't. And then right in that moment, I flipped the switch off and I was like, I'm just going to do it and I'm going to see what's going to happen. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't flip that switch off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but other times it enables me to live a very free life. Yeah, but we don't want that. We want you to be more imprisoned a little bit. (laughs) You don't want that, yeah. Well, you almost got your wish. That's true. You almost got your wish with me going to Bali. No, I'm very happy that you went to Bali. And, you know, I think that it it does illustrate that what I really liked, two things from last episode where you said, you know, I have to live my life. And these are the years that I'm going to have an opportunities like this come up and I want to be able to Mm. do them. And so that really stuck with me. And then also the elementary school field trips that Aaron said that people took from your country over there. Those were the two things that I held on to. When people asked me about it, I said... Well, Aaron didn't say that. That was just me saying that Aaron said that. So you, another wait, interesting so fact about me is that I'm a very wait, proficient liar. Was it seriously a lie? <laughs> that Aaron said that elementary schoolers vacationed in Bali? That, yeah, that you guys took school trips over there all the time. Field trip? You let me believe a complete lie. It was. How? But here's wait, the thing. No, it wasn't a complete lie. Even, it was grounded in truth. I think it, it was too. my friend Tom who said that she... Okay, well... <laughs> no one's going to believe okay. me now. Uh, here's the thing. I think it was Tom, upon further retrospection, I think that it was Tom, mm-hmm. my friend from Australia, who said that she went to Bali when she was in elementary school through a school field trip. But I asked Aaron after I said that he said that, and he said I didn't... I don't believe... Anything you say anymore about Aaron, what Aaron said. Okay, well, moving right along then, I have something really exciting to share. <laughs> oh, wait, did you want to talk more about anxiety and how we help our anxiety? Well, I, was, I thought you were going to share a couple things really quick, but we're almost out of time. Well, one of the other ways that I help if I have an anxiety attack for whatever reason, normally it's about my teeth, let's be real. I have so many, <laughs> so many issues about my teeth. Not at all about like what they look like, but just thinking that they're all going to fall out of my head. Right. <laughs> I have an irrational fear of being toothless for the rest of my life. Why don't you just use that switch? <clears throat> well, I do a lot of times, but sometimes when anxiety really takes hold, so the switch only really works if, if it's before the anxiety attack, attack mm-hmm. has hit. So if I feel like I could definitely make myself anxious about this if I tried, that's when I use the off switch and say, no, because that's what could you possibly do? It, say you make yourself super anxious right now, what could you possibly do? You're on a plane headed to Bali and getting yourself super anxious about maybe one of these people in the plane is going to plant narcotics on you and then you're going to get arrested and imprisoned for 25 years as you cross the border. What are you going to do about that right now? Are you going to check your bag? Like, what do you, what do you think is actually happening? Your bag has been in front of you the entire time. Like, what are you going to do? You should check it again. Anyways, but if anxiety... <laughs> If anxiety takes hold, one of the ways that I regain control of my brain is I use somatic quieting techniques and progressive relaxation, which is when you focus on each part of your body and relax all your muscles and joints progressively. So maybe you start at your toes and work your way up to your head. Maybe you start at your head and work your way down to your toes. It's actually a technique that I learned in like I think high school drama elective or something like that. Uh, But it really comes in handy because a lot of times when I get anxious, a lot of my muscles tense up, especially my jaw because of my teeth. (laughs) And so that's one that I'm constantly having to re-relax is is my, is my jaw. But anyway, now that we've talked about that a little bit. I want to, I want to talk about mine. 
If I can break in for a minute. Why the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So breaking into your monologue, I want to say about my semantic quieting <laughs> that in the last... Okay, just don't take 20 minutes to talk about breathing like you did in our last take. <sighs> let, me, let me just ponder <laughs> life's realities for a minute oh while I brush my bangs across my forehead. Okay, no, what I wanted to say was last episode, I said I don't do the breathing. And I, and I listened to that and I was like, what? What are you talking about? You you do bell I do belly breathing every almost ten minutes Could you hear that? Could you, <laughs> could you hear dad yelling? Yes, I can. Mom leaves for a trip tomorrow and dad is her only the only way that she would possibly make that flight is through dad scheduling her every shouting, moment of every minute from here until shouting up leave. the steps every five minutes about about the timeline. Um, he just, anyway. for those of you who can hear, he said, you've got 10 minutes to pack. Yeah. What I was going to say was that I use belly breathing every day, all day long. As soon as I'm aware that my stomach- Are you using it right now? <laughs> I should be. Um, as soon as I'm aware that my stomach yeah. has clenched up, because that, for whatever reason, that's where I kind of hold uh, fear is my stomach clenches. Some people clench in various areas <laughs> in their body. Um, some it's more in their neck region, some in their lower back. Hmm. When you breathe in, you let your belly expand like a balloon and that unclenches it. When you breathe out, you let your, (laughs) and when you breathe out, you let your belly deflate like a balloon. And can I tell you, it works. You try to do that whenever you feel that kind of tightening up and that helps. It's not working for me. You need to try it harder. I'll count for you. Inhale. (laughs) I want, to, I want to address what's going on right now, which is that mom and I are both logged in to a recording platform and she's logged in as Kimberly Winters. I am logged in as the kitten master because That's guess cool. what? I picked up five newborn kittens and their mom on Friday with my husband. This is another one of my techniques for anxiety. I make wildly irrational choices that end up paying off in huge amounts of love and joy throughout the next it's going to be two well, months. Pet for therapy me. is big for you. But Always yeah, I, I, I often make irrational choices when I'm anxious. But this actually was a long standing plan of mine to, to somehow finagle my way into having an entire litter of kittens in my house. As of today, they are five days old. Wow. Their eyes are still closed, their ears are still folded against their head. They have not yet seen the earth. And guess who's going to be the first human that these five kittens ever see? Wow. Me. It's going to be me or potentially my husband. I'm so happy for you. Are you kitten me right meow? I cannot even <laughs> believe it. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so, so excited. Well, and it's going to be you. a great two months. And pet therapy has always been huge for you. You've always gotten great comfort from pets and have probably unknowingly used your connection with pets to calm down your whole life. Would you say? That's true. Yeah, Mm -hmm, definitely. I also remember manipulating dad into getting us Obi Joyful, which was our first dog when Joe had a date with one of his friends, not a date date, but they were like going, I don't know, airsoft rifling or something like that. And I was home alone after church. And I remember you coming up to me and you're like, you know, what would be, (laughs) oh, you know what you could do right now? (laughs) How old were you? And I was like, what, mom? I was eight. And you go, I bet if you told dad right now that you were really lonely because Joe has friends and you don't have a friend, I, I bet you that. could get dad to get us a dog. Okay. I remember this with crystal clarity. Okay. That's terrible. You planted it in my mind. You were like, 
this is what you've got to say. Dad came through the door and I was like, dad, he was like, yeah. I'm like, I'm feeling really lonely right now because I don't have you as like many friends. You like you're like 30. You were seven or whatever. Because I don't have <laughs> as many friends really as Joe has. Right now. And you know what would make me feel so much better is if I had a puppy. And he, I remember him looking at me and he looked at you and you, I, I looked at you and you had the most innocent face on as if this was really just me oh, coming out idea. with like this brilliantly devised argument. And he goes, I'll think about it. And it was a major victory. We were like, we are Three in. months later, we had a dog. We are in, baby. <laughs> yeah. Got it. In the door, baby. Get the battering ram. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and shortly Three months after, later, we had Obi. So. We had adorable Obi Joyful, who was a precious Weimaraner, and he was a wonderful pet who loved me more than anyone. So that was nice. <laughs> well, that's because, okay. All right. You know what? I'll let that go. I'll let it go because you know what? I have five kittens and a cat right now. So are you kidding? I'm fine. I'm happy for you. Are you kidding me right now? (laughs) We love you guys. We're glad you're with us. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your night. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. See you then. Bye-bye. Thank you guys for joining us today. Stay tuned for more podcasts from Anna and Kim on the new series, Not Ideal, But We're Going With It. Also, check out their new website at www.notideal.net.